Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're with us on Money FM 89.3 here on Market View, and it's a wrap of the week that was for markets here in Singapore and across the region. I'm JP Ong, the finance presenter, at least for a prime time of the afternoon show here on Money FM 89.3. And as always, we are joined by Jeff Howie, the strategic uh, market strategist for the SGX to help recap the week that was. And yes, Clarissa Montero is off for the day, but we are going to ha- try at least wrap how the markets actually ended uh, or might end this rather interesting week. And we are seeing that the Straits Times Index so far, and just to lay, uh, lay the, uh, set the table for us here, we are seeing the Straits Times Index today trading in the red, uh, snapping two straight days of gains, and but down by just about six points. So again, nothing to write home about, and we are still above that 3,100 and 50 level. Value turnover, though, has seemed fairly tepid in today's session and uh, has returned again to fairly anemic levels, about 316 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands at the halftime. And all across the broader mainboard and catalyst, it's a little close, but we are seeing more losers or decliners than gainers today. 199 stocks, REITs, and trusts that are in the red, 181 that are in the green. So second and third liners, just a little bit more gun-shy in today's session, but we are coming off of two days of pretty decent gains. Just to set more context for how the region is trading today, keep in mind that the Japanese markets are still offline today. The Nikkei 225 will not trade in observance of a public holiday. But hey, guess what? Today is also the start of the Tokyo Olympics as well, official start at least uh, for for those games that really have been beset by many challenges from the rising COVID-19 infections there and across the world. The ASX 200 today in Australia trading uh, flat to the downside, trading just one point in the red in today's session. We did hear today that New Zealand has officially suspended the quarantine-free travel arrangement with Australia because of the rising COVID-19 cases uh, down under. And as we know, many uh, regions in Australia also still under uh, strict lockdowns that might be also dampening sentiment today, but not by much. As we mentioned, the Sydney benchmark just down by about one point. The Kospi in South Korea holding on to gains of about four points in today's session. Again, it's a bit more cautious and conservative out in Seoul. The same could be said for the Taiex today, although in Taiwan, uh, in Taipei, the uh, Taiwan Weighted Exchange today trading about 0.3% in the red. Mainly Chinese markets also seeing losses for uh, losses in today's session. They're the, arguably the notable losers in the region. Shanghai falling by about 0.7%. Uh, Shenzhen today also down by about uh, 1.4%, while we are seeing that the Hang Seng is also trading about 1% in the red. So a bit of sluggishness in the region, perhaps something to do also with um, with uh, some uh, relatively, uh, you know, down, uh, relatively discouraging news in the U.S. where they saw jobless claims unexpectedly rise in the previous session. But there are still some signs that markets are holding on. And as we mentioned a while ago, coming back to the context of Singapore here, despite the return to those phase two heightened alert measures that seems to have dashed or potentially could have dashed investor sentiment, we did see that markets on Wednesday and Thursday, at least the STI, record decent gains and surprisingly defiant, uh, defying at least some of those potential headwinds brought about by the return to phase two heightened alert measures. We now bring in Jeff Howie, the street, uh, market strategist for the SGX. Jeff, we just laid it out there. And, you know, it was a bit of a pleasant surprise to see that the Straits, that the STI and Singapore stocks, for the most part, um, did not react that negatively to the uh, return, at least, of phase two heightened alert measures and the recent spike in COVID-19 cases. Um, and while we are down by just six points today, you know, we are still comfortably above that 3,150 level. Your thoughts on whether or not you were surprised by how the STI reacted to the uh, midweek announcement, at least, of the return of those stricter, stricter measures here? 
Not, 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 not really surprised in that uh, the government has also dealt appropriate economic support packages to support those industries that obviously get more uh, impacted by the social and economic uh, lockdowns and so forth, and, and the, I guess I should more say the heightened restrictions. And we've seen that over the last year through those various phrases, uh, JP. And I think, um, you know, as we see, the, the, the world continues to move. We, we, we adapt and, and we continue to invest. And look, um, the STI itself, it, it, it looks little changed on the weekly leaderboard. I think it's up only two-tenths of a percent for the week. Uh, so far with the abbreviated week, of course, with the holiday on Tuesday. But we've got this ample liquidity in the market and we had this midweek positive adjustment to global economic sentiment that was based mostly on earnings. So we did see the STI really on the move throughout the week, um, particularly on Monday and Thursday. So on Monday, we had the SDI decline by as much as 1.3%. Then on Thursday, the SDI actually gained 1.3%. And that coincided with uh, just short of $40 million of combined net institutional outflow and net proprietary outflow on Monday, and then $85 million of combined net insti inflow and net proprietary inflow on Thursday. So... Um, over the week, we saw Capital Land uh, see the highest combined net institutional inflow and net proprietary uh, uh, inflow on Monday and, and the second highest uh, net inflow uh, on the Thursday. So those four sessions, that's all the stock recipient to something like $90 million in net insti inflow. It, it gained 6.3%. It traded at highs not seen since October 2010. And the group has really attributed its 23% price gain this year to the significant restructure to sharpen its strategic focus and create this capital and investment entity. Um, so, so this is this is just showing us. You know, we, we we continue to adapt, as I said, and keep moving. And there's been this macro focus in the course of the week that's seen, um, you know, SDI stocks uh, come off 1.3 percent, then up 1.3 percent on Thursday. But in the meantime, the microeconomic and the restructures do continue to attract market attention. Um, we're going to actually SGX is having uh, capital earn uh, tonight at a virtual forum that uh, investors can. Uh, subscribe to and attend with with the CEO of Capital Land. Um, just going to the SGX Academy page. It's just SGX Academy. Go to the programs, retail investors. Top left, there's the event. So um, mm-hmm. other other stocks as well, JP. That that were quite interesting. That is um, recipient to the highest net inflows by the entities and props on Thursday. They included the likes of DBS, OCBC, Singapore Airlines, Capital Corp, UOB, SBH. Venture, Jardine, Matheson Holdings, but four of those 10 stocks were also um, amongst those stocks that saw the highest net insti and prop outflows on Monday. So DBS, Jardine, Matheson Holdings, and uh, Singapore Airlines and OC Bank, OCBC Bank. So I guess as while it all looks kind of quiet on, on the STI front, despite that holiday on, on Tuesday, that shift in economic sentiment, it produced an 80 cent trading range, which is equivalent to, to around 2.7% on DBS this week. Um, so, so lots of, uh, I guess, intraday activities, um, so forth, that, uh, and, and moves that uh, I guess have more suited the shorter term active traders on our market.
Right. And, you know, it was interesting you mentioned that earnings might have been the big uh, catalyst shift, at least for global markets, including here in Singapore. We saw decent report cards coming from some of those big companies or corporations out west, especially in Europe and in in the U.S. And also we did see a number of decent and very impressive report cards from the REITs here. You know, just taking taking, uh, stock of yesterday, the likes of ARA Logos, Suntech REITs, Sabana REIT, all reporting very impressive growth, at least for their first half distributions on the back of growing or recovering revenues and net property income today. ESRE doing the same, saying that distributions rose by about 14.3%. How are you viewing all of these positive report cards that are coming? And does this mean that at least the business updates and the report cards for Singapore might be enough to at least, uh, you know, keep not just even keep a sentiment afloat, but even perhaps provide a bit of an oomph boost for uh, stocks? Well, I mean, we have to wait and see because we, we, the, the REITs typically kick off the earnings season, as mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, for instance, on the technology side, uh, you can see we've got AM Holdings, Nanofilm, Venture, Franken, um, and UMS generating very much mixed performances this week. I think um, globally, your uh, tech and your semiconductor stocks are up around 2% so far this week, but AEM and UMS have both declined by 1.2%. Franken's up 4.4%, Nanofilms gained just under a percent, and Ventures gained uh, 0.6% in the week so far. Now, aside from Nanofilm announcing a joint venture with Venezio Investments uh, to invest in this uh, surgeon uh, energy, the week was pretty quiet on the corporate front for the stocks, um, and and I think it will be until uh, AEM uh, and uh, and uh, the likes of UMS and and Franken and and uh, so forth um, it report their first half earnings. I think beginning in the in the week, next week, uh, not this week, not sorry, not next week, the week after next, mm-hmm. the week beginning second of August, right through to mid August. Uh, Venture has confirmed it will report after the Friday close next week. So. Uh, you know, there's, there, 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 there has been obviously some attention on the tech stocks globally, but here, uh, you know, overall, our most traded tech stocks did not keep up with the global indices for, for the tech and semiconductors. But again, as I said, their, their earning reports are just ahead of them. Right. And, you know, the tech stocks here in Singapore also have a very strong industrial flavor. And I know industrial production is June next week. Jeff, you did mention to me before the start of the interview that this is a marker that you're going to be looking out for next week. Can you tell us why this has caught your attention more so than in, say, previous times? Yeah, in the June industrial uh, production report, it will be Monday lunchtime, one mm-hmm. o'clock. Uh, um, Bloomberg consensus estimates suggest the manufacturing gauge will marginally increase from the month of May into June, but increase significantly year on year. And we saw that in May as well. In May, I think uh, the gauge was up 30% year on year. Now, interesting that underpinning this, I guess, this recent resilience in manufacturing, uh, the IMF country consult for Singapore that was released uh, on the weekend, it showed that uh, underpinning this, this resilient that resilience that Singapore had made these significant strides in the digitalization of production through industrial robots. Hmm. Um, the report defined industrial robots firstly as these higher-end digitalization products that are predominantly used for automation in the manufacturing sector. And the report maintained that Singapore's stock of operational robots in the manufacturing sector has rapidly increased during the past decade from around 600 robots in 2008 to 17,000 robots in 2018, translating in a rise of robot density to um, uh, employees from 
45 um, from one operating uh, robot per 1,000 employees in 2008 up to 45 operating robots per 1,000 employees back in 2018. So it makes Singapore one of the top users of industrial robots in the world with most of the industrial robots here in Singapore used in the semiconductor subsector. So what will be interesting for this report on Monday is that I guess while precision engineering and you know highly related to semiconductors did lead the year-on-year growth of the May industrial production report, it was closely followed by transport engineering, which was led in turn by the marine and offshore engineering segment um, that did bounce back significantly year on year in May, while it is still down around 6%, the transport engineering cluster down around 6% in the period from January to May, which um, compared to the same period last year. But um, by comparison, these uneven economics of 2020 to 2021 has seen the precision engineering sector grow by 23 23% compared to the same five months uh, last year. Um, so it's, it's basically the, uh, the detail will be pretty important for the report to see if we are continuing to make inroads uh, into reducing some of that unevenness in the economic recovery. At the same time, we've got the unemployment data uh, due to be released next week. Um, and as maintained by the IMF in that overall report, Singapore's recovery is on track. You know, 20% of our economy is still driven by manufacturing. It's interesting to see how that sector has also evolved in recent times. Jeff, just very quickly, you know, it's going to be rather busy in terms of earnings releases next week as well. Is there any one, apart from the others that you've mentioned, that might be uh, catching your eye? I'd be watching everything. I mean, <laughs> we, no, we, I mean, we, we, I could go, go, there, there will be quite a few because I think one thing uh, to take into account uh, is that a lot of companies will be reporting their second half numbers for the FY21, which ends in the in the period of the six months uh, ending in the 30th of June, um, as opposed to companies in the last earnings season in the March, you know, the end of March season, which was mostly comprised of business updates as well as some earnings. So we will have a lot of earnings uh, start um, commence uh, in earnest uh, next week and going through to uh, to mid-August. All right, things really have heated up, and we'll see just how if markets can sustain some of that uh, sturdiness that we've seen display in the, on display, especially at the middle of this week. I'd like to thank Jeff Howey, market strategist, chief market, one of the market strategists at the SGX for joining us today on Market View Wrap once again, and we'll be back with you with more market updates in the week ahead. Jeff will always be with us next Friday to help us recap what happens and what we will learn in the coming days. For Money FM 89.3, I'm JP Ong. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.